मुख्यान्मिदंडस्यनाचलाकाया विष्णुपदाय कृष्णकृष्टा भूतले श्रीमथे भक्तिवेदांत स्वामीनामिने नमस्ते सरस्वती निर्विशेषा शून्यपारी पश्चत सुधारिणे श्रीकृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभो निनंद श्रीअदराधारषि वासुदी गौभक्तृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे आई एम ट्रुली ग्रेटफुल एंड डीपली ऑनर्ड टू हैव दिस अपॉर्चुनिटी टू बी इन दिस auspicious assembly of people spiritual leaders and seekers from all over the world my special gratitude to Eddie Eddie Stern for being such a dear lifelong friend and well-wisher and for including me peace is not just an external condition of particular circumstances in the world around us but true peace is a state of the heart and the mind it's a consciousness that is experiencing a reality within ourselves that is true peace according to how we connect to that peace within ourselves we could be instruments of that peace wherever we are whoever we're with and in whatever situation may be this world is always changing that is one thing that is unchanging the truth that this world is always changing by the power of time nothing is stagnant whether we can perceive it with our senses or not everything is under the influence of higher powers that control us to some extent for a small amount of time we do have the ability to control some things but on a larger perspective we're always being controlled by powers beyond our own mind and senses 
in this condition, how to find peace? Because according to the Vedic literatures, there's birth and then inevitable old age, disease, and death for the physical body. And the mind is changing much faster than this body. The beginning of the search, or let us say the quest for real peace, is that journey within ourselves. In essence, this is the principle of all the great spiritual paths and all the great religions throughout history. The essence of spirituality or religion is not a sectarian affiliation or a crutch to feel oneself superior to others. It is a path to awaken each and every one of us. The Bhagavad Gita All is without birth. Without death, the happiness, the deepest of all pleasures, is to love and to be loved. Everyone, whoever we are, we're all looking for this happiness. We're looking for the joy of love. Because things could give some pleasure to the mind and to the body, but things can never give true fulfillment to the heart. Only love could do that. That is the essential principle of life, the pursuit of love. So often we're distracted in so many ways, we forget the very crime of our own hearts for that truth. Because when we understand and experience to whatever extent the nature of our own true self, then we can appreciate and respect that that same life living, seeking of pleasure is within everyone's heart. The idea of yoga or religion is to recognize harmony. The harmony of our body, which is a sacred vehicle that God has given us in which we could do wonderful things for ourselves, for nature, and for other living beings. To live in harmony with the body, the mind, with the true self, 
with the living force, with the spirit within us. And when we make that harmonious connection, then we naturally realize our harmony with God, our harmony with all living beings, and our harmony with nature, Mother Nature. In this state of harmony, when we experience that joy, then we don't need to exploit. We don't need to be arrogant or greedy to find happiness. Then we awaken to the truth that our real happiness is in feeling God's love and in sharing that love. And in that love, the mystery of compassion is revealed to us. That in uplifting others, that is truly the joy of the soul. But we cannot really uplift others unless we're uplifted ourselves. And that is why it's so important for balance in our life. The tendency for many of us living in a world where there's so many pressures and so many stresses and so many changes is we lose our balance. Sometimes situations come that give us an opportunity to put our focus on what is truly meaningful, what is truly purposeful in my quest in life. And in that state, we could learn. Today, the world has been very much struck down by this coronavirus. And many people that we know, that we love, have departed from this world. Others are sick. Others are afraid, confused, and many very isolated. In this sadness, there's also an opportunity, an opportunity to grow individually and collectively so that we can have a more meaningful purpose in our life in actually reconnecting with God's love and being an instrument of that compassion. Interestingly, the coronavirus is attacking without any type of physical discrimination. Whether one is old or young, whatever the color of one's skin, whatever one's nationality, whatever one's social status, 
whatever one's religion or no religion, this coronavirus is attacking. In order to respond really effectively in a holistic way, we also need to create solutions that are without discrimination of whether one is male or female or whether one is of one social status or another, nationality, religion, whatever one's race. The problem needs to be addressed in a holistic way, similar to the way the problem is affecting us. Simplicity, simplicity of mind, of heart, and of life is such a virtue. Simplicity in the sense that we don't have selfish ulterior motives. Simplicity in the sense that even the, the simplest, most basic things in life can give us joy. We don't need endless complications. And I know people who have some of the most complicated occupations CEOs of international corporations, doctors under call 24 hours a day. But they're truly simple because they have simple, well-wishing hearts. It's a time when we can reflect. I'd like to briefly cite a particular event that is described in the 11th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. It's spoken by Krishna to his very dear friend, Uddhava. He's explaining how if our hearts are open, if we're really in a quest for higher truths, if we're seeking out the company of people who enlighten us, inspire us, then even the simplest experiences in life can spiritually transform us, can emotionally uplift us. He talks about a person who was living in the forest and a great king named Yadu. He, he saw this person in the forest and asked, Please explain to me how you can be the way you are. You don't have proper clothes. You don't have a home. You don't have any of the things that people are striving for, for happiness in this world. But yet, you're the happiest looking person I've ever seen. And he explained what he learned from different gurus. He described 24 gurus. One of them 
is the moon. The moon is always changing. It's waxing, it's waning, sometimes it's a quarter moon, a half moon, but actually the moon is always a full moon. It's only our perception of the moon that changes. And similarly, for when we come in contact with the living force that's seeing through our eyes and hearing through our ears and, and, and tasting through our tongue and loving through our hearts, when we come in contact with that consciousness, we understand it's forever. It's full with happiness. It's full with God's love. Even though from the appearance perspective, like the moon, sometimes we're little babies and sometimes we're children and sometimes we're middle-aged and sometimes we're really getting old. And then inevitably, like the moonless night, we don't appear to be alive. But actually, our life is always true. What we could learn from the moon. And then he turned toward the sun. The sun is shining for everyone. The sun does not discriminate who to give its light to. We have the choice whether we come into the sunlight or not. But the sun is radiating unconditionally. And the sun will take water from the ocean, evaporate it, create clouds, and then bring that water for the well-being of others who need it. And in a similar way, the search for enlightenment and the state of enlightenment is whatever we have, our abilities, our intelligence, our resources, our influence, its true value is how we utilize it for the well-being of other people. And when I say other people, I mean all living beings are other people. When we understand the sacredness of life itself, we can recognize, appreciate, and love the inherent sacredness wherever there's life. And then to serve, save us becomes the true joy of life. And the enthusiasm to acquire, whether it's knowledge or wealth or resources or strength, whatever it may be, the, the pursuit, the enthusiasm to acquire is to fulfill not our greed, but our love, so that we can share it with our loved ones, and as we make spiritual progress, we recognize humanity and all beings as loved ones. He described what he learned from the trees. The tree is always giving in whatever situation. In the summertime, the tree will stand in the burning heat of the sun and give you and me shade to be refreshed. The tree, at a time when it's very 
hot and we're very thirsty, the tree will provide fruit to refresh us. And even if we break the tree, the tree will give those limbs for us to build a house so that we can have shelter. This idea of the humility, the tolerance, and the givingness of a tree, we cannot imitate, but it's something we could learn from. The joy of life is in giving, because giving is an expression of love. But that giving should be situated and built on a foundation of truth, that we all are part of God. We all are children of God. And to help each other, to really help each other, physically, emotionally, and socially, and spiritually, is the culture of true spirituality. And the greatest need in the world. Another type of tree is the redwood tree. The redwood tree is the tallest tree on the planet. How does it keep growing through earthquakes and windstorms and snowstorms? Because under the ground, the roots of the redwood trees, they search for each other. And when they meet, they embrace. They form a permanent bond. Every tree in the redwood forest is directly or indirectly giving support to each other at the level of their roots. And therefore, they keep growing under any situation. Such a lesson. Whether it's a sunny and nice day, or whether there's a pandemic or an earthquake, whatever the situation, and so many situations come and go in our lives, we need each other. Personal relationships on the basis of the roots or the hearts of our respect and affection for one another is so much the need of the world. It's always been, sometimes in times of crisis, for those who open their hearts and their minds, it becomes more apparent. There's such a need for us to be united with all of our diversity. When we understand the unity we all have on this spiritual level, of God's love, of the eternal life force of the soul, then the diversity in the world becomes beautiful. Even the challenging situations of diversity become opportunities. The Vedic literatures my beloved Guru Srila Prabhupada, he would tell us, they have essentially one purpose. And in this sense, all the spiritual scriptures throughout 
history have one essential purpose. Sarve Sukhano Bhavantu. To actually come to a state of consciousness where our greatest wish, our deepest fulfillment is in building our life around a principle. Sarve Sukhano Bhavantu. Let all beings be happy. We're all searching for happiness in every situation. At this particular time, with so many people throughout the world in quarantine or lockdown, isolation, I've heard so many different people giving their experiences. Some, they're driving each other crazy in this situation. And others are restoring relationships that have been so much forgotten. In the pursuit of career, in the pursuit of studies, sometimes we become very consumed and distracted. But when we take a step back, when there's like a reset button that's pressed in our lives, then we have an opportunity to reevaluate, to take inventory of our values and how we spend our time. Balance. We have family and friends and loved ones. We need to give quality attention to our personal relationships. We have our spiritual obligations, our duties to God, to living a life with character and with integrity, and to cultivate those, those values within ourselves. We also have our responsibilities to our occupation, to our physical bodies and our health, and to society. If we neglect any of these, everything else goes off balance. We need to give special time every day to cultivate our inner awareness, our loving relationship with the Supreme. In our tradition, we chant the names of God. There's meditation, there's prayer, there's puja or ceremony. They're all, what, what, there's yoga. Whatever the particular process is, its true purpose is to awaken our spiritual potential so that we can be instruments of God's compassion. And then we have our family members and our loved ones. So often, without even knowing it, we don't appreciate them. We don't respect them. We don't acknowledge their value in our lives and their value to the world. To give quality time, to actually understand that whatever 
whoever is in my life is God's gift to me. And whatever I have in my life, it's been put in my care for a higher purpose. It is so important with our family members, our friends, and our loving associates to actually give quality time to go deeper and deeper into those relationships. And the relationships go deepest when the center that is the very basis of it is our united spirit of serving God in one another. There's a saying, a family that prays together, stays together. To extend on that, a family that dines together, shines together. And a family that dances together, advances together. How important is our personal relationships? There is a time now where we could really focus on that, tune into it, and give some time for our spiritual practice every day in such a way that quality time for God within our hearts. And then with, with the inspiration, with the compass of our aspirations in the right direction through good association, through loving relationships and through spiritual practice, then our occupation, our social activities, we could perform them with character. We could perform them with integrity. We could perform them ultimately with compassion. Maharaj, we have about one minute left. Yes? About one minute left, Maharaj. I'm so grateful to have this opportunity, and I'm so grateful that this beautiful Sangam or this event is taking place where spiritual teachers from so many great traditions and, and so many seekers can actually find true unity in diversity the unity in our shared spirit of wanting to, um, wanting to make a contribution of love and compassion individually and collectively in our lives. I thank you so very, very much. <laughs>